It's about time someone gets real. Bro, are you sure we're even supposed to be listening to this? Welcome to the Church Misfit Podcast with motivational and thought-provoking content designed to push you further personally, professionally, and spiritually. If this don't move you, you might be dead. Here's your host, Catalyst Collective founder, Joe Elliott. So as we dive into our recap of session two, there was a lot here. I yeah. felt like session two really uh, picked up a lot of steam. So we heard from Marcus Buckingham, Nona uh, uh, Nona Jones. Yep, Nona yeah. Jones. Okay, no, okay. And then uh, George W. Bush, a very um, top secret interview. Yeah, you're not supposed to mention that. We, name, we can't quote. We can't show nope. you pictures. Mm-mm. They nope. didn't say we couldn't podcast. So. Um, all right, here we go. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll jump into those. So uh, we'll start with Marcus's talk, which uh, as, um, you know, as somebody who does uh, surveys, of course, he's an author, speaker, he uh, spent time un- uncovering his latest research um, on resiliency, ultimately. 25 different countries, 20,000 different workers surveyed. And so there were what he's laying out here are results that he found within organizations that would really create a culture of resiliency. What needs to be present, and we'll look at it from three different levels: your senior leaders, um, what we're looking for from senior leaders, yeah, what we're looking for from I guess middle management or, or your, your team leaders, yeah. and then you know everybody. Those who empower the workforce are, you know, individuals. Yeah. You know what, what you, uh, what you're looking for within yourself to show up to work, to be resilient and bring your best no matter the circumstances. So, um, to to look at that in different layers, we'll start with uh, where he started, which was senior leaders. And we looked at that through the lens of what what do we need from our senior leaders? Or if you are a senior leader, what do you need to bring? How do you need to show up? So a couple of points around that uh, was, one, leaders bring, senior leaders bring resiliency through vivid foresight. And that's using vividness to turn people's anxiety about the future or whatever into confidence, really. And the other point there, it was... um, bringing visibility uh, through follow-through. Yeah. So you, you've got to pick something, follow through, shine a spotlight on it. So in those two, broad stroke, consistency and painting a vivid picture are the two areas that really um, senior leaders can do to empower um, or produce resiliency in, in their organizations. So what we are takeaways and, and thoughts on on that piece my takeaways was i i did enjoy how this seems to be having like a streamlined um thought even from session one of like vision mm-hmm. and then it was like understanding framing your mindset setting goals and then this is like not just seeing it but actually following through with it and um they they she gave a um, he gave a, gave a great example of like death, like we're scared of death, and so it's like, why do we have such like big ceremonies around it? Is it because we're fear, we scared of the unknown, we were fearful of it, and so we build around the things that we're we're fearful of, and it's not an unhealthy thing. It's a it's like stepping into it, and so my big takeaway was in order for organizations or churches or nonprofits to really get to the point where they're going to be successful, they need to build and like lean into an uncomfortability. They need to lean into 
like the vision and the fullness of it and then bringing everyone else with him to to that vision so aaron as, as a leader in your early 20s yeah. when you look at senior leadership can you feel the void when something like vivid foresight or follow through isn't present does it how does that impact you totally i i think there's times where there like there's the fun parts of leadership the getting to speak in front of people mm-hmm. the the celebrations the balloons the cake whatever it is for your specific venture your business but then there's the parts where you're shutting up chairs where you're like building things or you're doing the, you're painting whatever anything you're doing those are the moments where people without any leadership around if they don't know why they're doing it that's where they're going to leave mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so when i'm not um, but I don't understand why I'm doing something that's boring or dumb or frustrating because my leadership hasn't painted that. Mm-hmm. That's when the bitterness builds. That's when like discontentment builds. That's when just like I don't trust the person I'm following. Mm-hmm. And so uh, casting a vision is a, the fullness and a holistic belief in the good times and the bad times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like most leaders feel like they cast vision. Yeah. But but we also, we don't understand the trickle-down effect. So as you're describing, if you're taking on, if you're given a task, yeah, you know, um, you've got to paint something. You've got to do this menial task or whatever it is. And those tasks show up day after day after day. You can begin, there's a drift that occurs. You can yeah. begin to, to lose sight of why does this matter in the scheme of things. And, and you're looking for team leaders and senior leaders to bring some sort of clarity to connect you know these tasks to where it is we're going and why it's important totally there's a reason those senior leaders are there and there's a reason that i'm not that person right Mm -hmm. like someone has put them in charge because of tenure because of passion whatever it is Mm -hmm. and so in order to follow those people correctly like you need to trust that like, how do they get there? Where are they going? Like, why don't, why am I here? Mm-hmm. And if they're not, like he said, spending 15 minutes a week at least saying, hey, what is your next task? How can I partner with you? How can I build with you? You just, it, it goes back to intrinsic value. And it's just a completely missed out on approach mm-hmm. of speaking life mm-hmm. into people, into mm-hmm. your followers. Mm-hmm. Kenny, as a senior leader, were you, <laughs> as a senior leader yourself? <laughs> okay, so but you, what were you, what were you, which connotation you, of that word are you? How are you feeling? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Kenny just turned 40 uh, yeah, there we a go. couple weeks ago. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Well, if they ever listened to recap number one, they know that's not true. <laughs> well, it's, it, you know, um, Aaron just, t- you know, touched on this, but the, you know, we all fear the unknown mm-hmm. and, and just understanding that and it may be simply, it, it could be, you know, the fear of death, but it could also be the fear of, do I matter? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't understand what my job is. Yeah. And then, and if I keep doing this, you know, Am I going to lose my job? Do, do I matter? You know, that's a fear too. And so we all have the fear of the unknown. And so as a senior leader, just being getting where you're comfortable living and operating in the unknown. And, and I really appreciate him, you know, touching on that. And But then he talks about um, how to turn that fear into confidence. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we, we as, as leaders or senior leaders or a leader in any capacity is that we avoid talking about mm-hmm the fears we avoid talking about our own personal fears and what are perceived fears or known fears of the team mm-hmm. but instead we ought to go the other way and it's the same way when people experience any kind of trauma um, you learn that the best thing to do is to talk about it mm-hmm. tell stories tell talk talk about the actual things that cause the mm-hmm. fear but then 
talk about where we're where we're headed, mm-hmm. talking about the vision, yeah. to how we're going to overcome those fears, how mm-hmm. we're going to move forward and stuff. And so, yeah, I think that's the that is the uh, vivid foresight along with the visible follow through. Mm-hmm. As a senior leader, you can't just talk about it, but they need to see you, even if it's just one simple thing, see you actually act yourself on yeah. the, on a fear. Mm-hmm. So that was good. Yeah, and I think that same thought uh, trickles down to the team leaders, which was his next mm-hmm. point in, in what the research showed, that team leaders have a similar responsibility, but they have to break it down at a different level. So he talks about something called anticipatory communication. In other words, if you're going to build resiliency in your organization, you need to, as a team leader, make sure you're checking in with people frequently. And by frequently, he even defined it as once a, once a week at minimum for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And when you're in those talks, you're focusing not so much on the past, but on the future, what's to come, right? Um, and, and, and even made the point that sometimes frequency is better than quality. Mm-hmm. And, and that yeah. kind of ongoing tether, that communication is so vital. I think what we found in, in the work that we do uh, through the Catalyst Collective and PurposePro.org is we found that a lot of leaders just don't know how to maximize that time mm-hmm. with their people individually. Because right. yeah. we can sit down one-on-one and we can talk tasks and work and small talk all day long, but there's a deeper layer that builds trust if you're able to get to it. And, and so a lot of what we do is help leaders have those talks. If you have 15 minutes with an individual, how do you make sure it's a powerful 15 minutes that's going to uh, equip, uh, empower them, and get to know them in a deeper level? Yeah. And so, um, so I, 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 I 100% agree on that's probably one of the most important things that you could do as a leader is not mm-hmm. just set aside the time, but know how to <clears throat> use the time. Yep. Right. So I, you uh, know, I don't know about you guys, but I've been on teams in the past where I was not the like the senior leader or the team leader, and they would cancel a you know a touch point or something like that because right. they did not have an agenda. Yeah, and so yeah. and that's always the first thing that gets cut. Mm-hmm. Oh, the one on one gets bumped, moved, mm-hmm. or whatever because yeah. more important things are in the way. Or you know, we really don't know? have anything to talk about because it's usually task oriented. Right, know? and so it's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's tasks. Yeah. And so, in, in, so in our world, uh, with what we're doing, we recognize that there is an enormous opportunity that's missed there mm-hmm. to holistically lead your people, right. because that's ultimately what they're looking for, some of the sticking power behind why someone would stay and give their best and how you can draw out their best is your ability as a leader to get to know them personally, professionally, even spiritually, where it allows, and those mm-hmm. those boundaries don't feel crossed. And to the extent that you can do that on an ongoing basis, the more you're unlocking their true potential. Exactly. And so, um, so and that leads to the other thought along that area is that um, you you give when you give people more rope to take risk, mm-hmm. right? That also helps i think it's a byproduct of getting to know them at a deeper level but it it also helps build that resiliency because they feel they feel more empowered yeah right to take action when when crisis arises so totally um and then we breaks it down on on an individual level Uh, key thoughts on this uh, on the research as, as we take that away um one is that um 
you know, there's um, you, you got to identify what you can control, right? Can't control everything. So as a leader at any level, identify what you can control and 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 do it and then find a rhythm um, that works for you. So I, I love his point about in the new world that we're this mm-hmm. remote world that we live in, it can be hard hard to find that rhythm because there aren't set break times, lunch times, get off work times. Yeah. It all blurs together. So you go from you know working a lot, maybe stress levels are increasing, to not knowing where your rhythm is to to de stress, and and so you it's important that you find that rhythm to as he called it work, and then recover, work, recover, work, recover. And to the, to the extent that you have the ability to do that is the extent to which you'll find your own resiliency building. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hey, personally, I'm a nap guy, and so I'm <laughs> loving the fact that I'm working from home. Yeah. Yeah. I'll work hard, yeah. and then I'll go lay down for about five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Or I'll go, you know, and also I'll go out for a walk or something like that. I, so. I mean, that is nice. I mean, how many times have you been in an office thinking, if I could just find, if my bed was here... <laughs> I just need 10 minutes <laughs> in Long my second. bed laying down, yep. and I'm good to go, right? Yep. That sounds great. Yeah. Um, so I, I was all in on that yeah. one. <laughs> it was, I, 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 the inverse of that, as I've grown mm-hmm. into my leadership, mm-hmm. I've noticed that um, a lot of my lack of motivation or a lack of like just vigor, like as he was touching on, was because I wasn't doing things that brought me joy, that mm-hmm. I loved, and that yeah, good. invigorated me, which mm-hmm. he's went back to, it strengthens me. Mm-hmm. I realized there was a lot of, like, in my young leadership, I would run to, like, watching TV or video mm-hmm. games or something that doesn't refresh, it doesn't rebuild. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm, like, be, like, in my, like you said, I'm in my early 20s and getting more responsibility with nonprofits, with, with businesses, with a lot of other things, I've learned that... I have to carve out, like he said, at least 20% of my time mm-hmm. to whether it's be like going on a jog or hanging out mm-hmm. with friends mm-hmm. and speaking on something deep or do, right. even doing this. Mm-hmm. If right. I'm not doing this, then I won't do what's asked of me. Right. Uh, he, he, to, to wrap up his talk, he does leave with a free resource that you should check out. And the website was a little convoluted, so I'll just tell you, Google uh, Standout Assessment, uh, Marcus Buckingham. And so if you, if you do that, if you Google Standout Assessment Marcus Buckingham, it's a free resource that he's uh, putting out there to help you as an individual leader identify how you can best show up, I think, you know, in, in the workplace. What are your core yeah. or some of your core strengths? Yeah, what are your strengths and what, yeah. re, what rejuvenates you, uh, what gives you life? Yeah. And it yeah. is important because yeah. if we don't lean into that, we're we're gonna not going to be very flexible. We're gonna we won't be resilient. Right. Yeah, we yeah. will break. You know. Yeah. 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 That's great. So let's let's flip to uh, uh, Nona Jones's talk, and that um, really again segued nice here. I, I, a lot of her talk uh, revolved around um, these psychological safe zones mm-hmm. that we fall, find ourselves falling into a lot as individuals or people of influence. And her core point here is that it's hard to make an impact and feel safe at the same time. Yeah. Right. If, if you're a leader who wants to leverage your influence, you have to first recognize that that is going to pull you out of safety more times than not. And she defines these psychological safe zones in two key buckets, unless there was a third and I missed it, but two key buckets. One is fear 
and one is inadequacy. Inadequacy. Yeah. So those are the two buckets that we naturally retreat to. So let's talk about this fear one first. Fear being um, things like, well, if I were to speak up, and the, and she used the the recent example of of um, the social injustice, racial injustice that's been occurring, um, in, you know, in our nation, the awareness of that. And, and how we all respond to it, it's created an opportunity for more conversations, for more people to to speak up and use their influence, especially on social media, yeah. um, to talk out against the injustice. But the fear there is, well, if I do that, what if I lose, I could lose my livelihood, I could lose my customer base, I could lose my following, you know? So, so that, that uh, tends to silence us and and stifle that that gift of influence that we've been given to use so um same thought when it comes to you know um you know losing our staff even well if i speak up on this issue i might lose key team members and employees yeah i'm about to leave right (laughs) and so we don't we don't weigh the cost of what well what if you don't yeah speak up because there's a cost either Either way. way either way there is um and so that her, her core point here is that fear cannot be an excuse for inactivity. Yeah. Um, thoughts, on, thoughts on this and how we... Well, it's definitely, we uh, yeah. it's a, I think it's a theme that we're starting to see through these talks and that uh, fear is real. Um, and the need to feel safe is real, too. And so I, I, it was real interesting. You know, she used the term safe is insufficient. And so... I think there's a different, a subtle difference between retreating to a safe zone, like she was talking about, and and not not moving, not doing anything, not leading, and that is a tendency that even leaders have. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a subtle difference between that and the ability to feel safe. Mm-hmm. And if we feel safe, then we and, and Beth Comstock talked about this reptilian part of our brain if we don't feel safe then we are stuck in that part of our brain and that's when we fight or we we run Mm -hmm. that that's retreating into these safe zones that i think nona's talking about but if we can learn how to what are some ways that i can um you know still be able to uh over you know how can i overcome this feeling of not feeling safe so where I, I can move, I can still be productive, I can still lead, and that's where we can operate out of the com- complex part of our brain, and mm-hmm. we need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I love that you brought that up because building out of that, like you look at different sociological studies and stuff, um, like we settle into selfishness when mm-hmm. we are fearful. Yeah, and that reptilian brain, it's survival. It's, yeah, it's a, it, that's what it is. It's, it's the base core of our understanding of the world is just our most immediate needs that we can reach out and grab. And so her whole point, um, without even having to mention like psychological to sociological, she was saying like fear arises out of perceived risk of loss. And then that goes back to us. And mm-hmm. then she was saying you don't need to change. You don't have to try to change the world. Just change the world around you. Mm-hmm. And that was like one of the big things that she jumped into was um, you don't have to have all the power. Just use your power to change what's in front. Mm-hmm. What, just reach out and grab not just things you need, but they need. And so I, I just re- I really enjoyed how um, like she did frame this from the perspective of the tragic murder of George Floyd. And she used that in a really healthy and beautiful way. 
And she said, this is unacceptable. Mm -hmm. This is something that needs to be talked about. This is something that we need to have racial reconciliation. We need to have this conversation in our churches and in our Mm -hmm. organizations. Mm -hmm. Now, what is the core of that? The core of that is realizing we need to get out of our own heads Mm -hmm. and get into the community. Mm -hmm. And those are hard conversations to have. And I think she did a a really good job um, challenging and Mm -hmm. and, and, and empowering us. Yeah. So this, so you're touching on the second safe zone here inadequacy is the area that, that as leaders, we kind of tend to retreat to, uh, during times of, of crisis uncertainty. And, and one of the antidotes that she lists here is, is building a, what she calls a pack, right. In order to build your power, um, in, in the work that we do with catalyst, we call through the purpose project, we call this building your team, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's that core group that each of us needs to build that, um, that no matter what happens in life, we can go to and they have our back. There's, they have, there's grace, there's wisdom, there's encouragement, and this is our squad you know, yeah. that we're going to go to and they're going to push us further. They're going to they're gonna help us overcome our fear, our inadequacy, and and. And that's so key. Yeah. And I think it's clear, too, mm-hmm. when a leader doesn't have that. You, you see mm-hmm. that and you, and you think, I have a sense that this leader is, is isolated and they don't have a great support team. When you see that, I think often you see a leader who, off, who operates out of fear and inadequacy, right? Yeah. Um, they tend to be more controlling. There's... Uh, there's a lot of things that, that stem from that, but I thought that was um, um, a key point. And, I, and she ends with the exhortation to remember that leaders are called to go first, right? And mm-hmm. going first, like going into a haunted house, is scary, yeah. right? It, it, yeah. Nobody, our nature is to not want to go first, but you know we don't have that luxury as a leader, and so we need to find the courage to to push through that. So. And that's how she ended off with it's not courage is not the absence of fear, but it's right. like leaning into it and it's it's yep. combating it with your pack and right. it's holding each other accountable. And just like you said earlier, the holistic leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so finally, we have this very obscure interview with uh, former President George Bush. <laughs> we learned a lot of great things from that. Um, one yeah. is he's not a lunch guy. Not a lunch guy. I, not, I mean, not, not a lunch. skip lunch. Oh, are yeah. you a lunch guy? Yeah, you know, I typically have been a um, a, a little Debbie, you know, <laughs> snack cake guy. So a snack at all guy. Uh, all yeah. hours of the day. Gotcha. But while I'm doing this intermittent fasting thing, which I found a rhythm here. Yeah. I'm not a lunch guy anymore. So really, yeah, doesn't mean I don't get hungry. But I don't know how that has any value here. But there were there were some <laughs> there were some tidbits. This interview honestly uh, tended to jump around a lot. But there were there were good nuggets here and there. Um, I heard him say, "Build a culture on principles, not mm-hmm. personalities." Yeah, um, it's a key little catchphrase there. I think there's a big. Um, I think I think in in smaller organizations, it's much easier to see culture be based on two or three very strong personalities, mm-hmm. which isolates everybody else and doesn't bring a true sense of unity or empowerment to everybody. So I think if you run a smaller organization, it's, it's even that, that much more so important to take time to, to think through what are the principles that unite us all together? Yep. And let's yep. build a culture, culture on that. 
Um, and then I heard him say things like, you know, nobody wants to follow somebody that is full of, full of self-pity. Yeah. You know, optimism is, is key. Um, I can see that. I know. I, that, yeah, and it's not just optimism. It's, it's yeah. being able to let go of, of uh, hurts. I mean, yeah. especially as a leader, you're going to get hurt. Because you're you're uh, you're stepping out there, like Nona was talking about, and so don't don't get hung up on when you get hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, don't have don't be full of self pity. And so I thought that was good. And because uh, now, I mean, who wants to listen? Who follows somebody that keeps talking about somebody that hurt them ten years ago, or even yeah, ten days ago? Mm-hmm. It's like okay, that hurt. You know, I'm going to learn from that, and I'm going to move on. I'm going to keep moving towards you know, the goal that we have or the vision that we have as a leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he, he's, I think it's so um, just surprising that he showed up sort of talking. Um, but also <laughs> I, I did enjoy how he was saying like in a crisis, like you must project calm. And I think that goes along beautifully with like, if you're leading out of fear, if you're living at leading out of hurt, that's not strong. Right. That's not calm. That's not right. peaceful. I can't trust that. You're focused on 10 years ago and we sh- should be focusing the past two sessions talking about 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. And he just talked about just like trusting your team, leading them well with peace and then not ignoring like the haters is basically, mm-hmm. basically what he said. And so I just thought that there was a very surprising and high opening conversation. And um, he sounds like a great guy to hang out with, honestly. Mm-hmm. Hey, he does. He does. He does. <laughs> it sounds like a guy you want to go to the bar and grab a beer with. Like, yeah, hey, I would love to. Let's talk. Um, well, that wraps up uh, session two, um, and so we'll we'll come back for session three. And I know it feels like you're drinking from a fire hose, but that's what a conference feels like. It's a lot of information <laughs> in yep. a very short period of time. Yeah. So we hope that these uh, recap videos help, are cutting to the chase, helping you streamline. The big picture ideas here, and and giving you bite sized chunks to, uh, to you know chew on for a while. So if you're a lunch guy, if you're a lunch guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am a lunch guy. Me Sorry. too. Yeah. <laughs> for more free content from Joe and his team of church misfits, visit www.catalystcollective.community.